Hello and welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, and we are ready to rip into car stuff that has caught our eye this week. I'm James, with me is Mel. Hello all. And Matt. G'day. Uh, this week we're sifting through the ashes of an Aussie icon's funeral pyre, but with a twist. And we'll visit the garage and discuss some occupants from the week just prior. Mm-hmm. And we'll catch up with our favourite wise, mature and empathetic and entrepreneur in this week's Muskwatch. So stay with us. First of all, some feedback. So we've got um, two areas to cover because we did have a special podcast during the week, of course, because Holden announced its closure, or GM announced Holden's closure, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first of all, we'll go to our last podcast, our last scheduled podcast. Yep. And Blake Swan came in on the Corolla GR. Yep. It's a, a story that certainly caused some buzz. Sure did. says, the Corolla GR I will buy simply because it has a manual and no heavy hybrid setup. No idea what you guys are complaining about, but seems like typical journalist banter of never being happy. Please stop. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm smiling. I think you should just be straight with us. Blake, I think we're all happy to see the Corolla hot hatch, mate. Just calm down. I think we were complaining about no auto or no... Uh, yeah. yeah. No auto, think, and the fact that it's probably going to be $70,000. I think that was the win. Mate, can just I just clarify? We all love manuals, but yeah. we also, as professionals, seek to acknowledge that not many other people do. Yeah, yeah but I think there's so, another another point of view that says a collective term for a group of journalists is a whinge of journalists. A whinge? Yeah, a whinge of journalists. Yeah, that's if good, people actually. can come up with a better name, maybe they, they could. Hit us up in the comments section Blake, for that. thank you. I'm not going to make uh, any suggestions. Garth, <laughs> Garth Rudland says, Hi, podcasters. On the topic of Toyota finally returning to hot hatches, I too agree with Richard. 2020s is far too late, mm. unless they were using electric motors uh, for the all-wheel drive system. Uh, Grawler and Graris may be better model names. <laughs> uh, thanks again for SUV prediction, Richard, and I have saved the date, 14th of the 2nd, 2025, <laughs> on my fruit-based device. Ha, ha, ha. So not a blackberry. So we're putting yeah. all these stakes oh, in the ground. Who knows? Uh, Mike Van Zuylen says, G'day, fellas. As a self-confessed concrete cowboy, all the Ute talk was great, but could you give us any news on the rumoured one-ton offering from Ram FCA? And when are we getting our Silverado 1500s from GM? Keep up the great work, and importantly, all the Ute talk. So the there's two questions there. The one-ton from Ram mm. and then the Silverado. We can answer the second part first in that the Silverado is allegedly coming, yes. but it's just where they'll be sold because yeah. the Holden and HSV network is in such uproar. And they announced this yesterday, I believe, mm-hmm. after the Holden announcement. So it's yep. it's a decent commitment, but yeah, we're wondering where it'll come from. Yep. And that might be what um, what they're referring to in the press conference about GMSV specialty vehicles. Yes, yep. specialty vehicles. Uh, so yep. it's TBC where, but... HSV is confident it is still coming. Right? Yeah, there's rumours going around that this it's within a couple of months we'll see this new 1500 in Australia, but we'll have to wait and see. As for the Ram, uh, that's that's a piece of string. Um, yep. I'm not really sure how close that is or how far away it is. I don't think right. anyone is. But we should be able to give you a decent little taste of what it's like in the near future on carsguide.com.au. So that's stay tuned. All, all right, say. okay, very good. Now, Athena Williamson... She is slowly listening through all the podcasts. She's discovered us, and she's going through all. Uh, She likes Muskwatch, likes the theme music, (laughs) and loves a Mustang because she actually loves horses. You sing the theme music, don't you? She's got this affinity with horses. Yes, I do. This is a little thing I just put together on the computer at home. Um, (laughs) Now, she says, now to the point, 
My neighbour has a lotus elise, which doesn't get out much. Right. What are your thoughts on the lotus? Loving the podcast, keep up the good work. Now, I've got to put my hand up to say one of our daughters is named Elise. Uh-huh. <laughs> after uh, the lotus? Yeah, yeah. Actually, which in turn was named after a little girl. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, it was, a, it was a modified version. I forget what the original name was. We just liked it because it was a nice name. Yeah. Not any particular affinity uh, to the lotus, I must say. But um, I, but it did come subsequent to. She came subsequent to. Uh, yeah, Lotus. Yeah, she did. No. So mm. um, all I would say is that yeah, it's a lightweight screamer. Depending on what vintage you're talking yeah. about, the early ones are getting long in the tooth now. I've got lots of thoughts on the Elise. Yeah. It, the, I think the philosophy is just brilliant. Yeah, agreed. we will never see something so pure with number plates. I think in Australia ever again. Uh-huh. But the early ones with the Rover engine are a bit of a. Right. Issue. Right. They love right, to right. have a you know block distortion, which leads to head gaskets blowing up left and, the, and center. The later ones are Toyota engine, right? And then they put the Toyota Corolla and uh, the last Celica engine in them. In, I think it was either two thousand and two or two thousand and four. Yeah. In my opinion, they're the ones to go for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the earlier ones, we're seeing a lot of them with Honda engines stuffed in them, which yeah. would wow. That That'd be awesome. Great. So I get, that would I get be the awesome. hint that Athena might just be looking longingly at this yeah. car and thinking, "Do I make him a cheeky offer?" Well, I suppose it, it then on that feedback depends on exactly what uh, vintage it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My only other thought is uh, they're famously glued together with epoxy. Yeah. I we've all seen what happens to glue in the long term when it's in the sun. I'd be researching what happens to Lotus at least chassis in the long term. Yes, because yeah. you don't want to be pulling one apart and wriggling it together. Just mm, a theory. Just no, a thought. no. But uh, also, you know, hand built in Hethel in the UK. So um, <laughs> I'm not sure about the manufacturing longevity of all their models. But you yeah. know, there's it's a brand on the move. As we've seen, they've got this new electric Evija or whatever it's called yeah, coming soon, and which looks wild. I think that's just going to push values of the Elises and the likes up. Even yeah. further. And so they've always been a tiny operation and they've always managed to make something amazing that mm-hmm. you know no one else seems to be able to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's more of it coming in the future, so, it seems. So, Athena, good car. There you go, Athena. It, yeah. With a little Relaxed. bit of a it depends on the end. But do your yeah. research. Yeah. Do your yeah. research. Yeah. Better than, you know, just relying on it. And if you're friends with your neighbour, ask if they'll take you for a drive because it's yeah. it's an experience. And maybe just say, can I have a drive, please? So <laughs> It'll be worth it. All that feedback came from comments at carsguide.com.au. Now, on YouTube, we had James Folbig say, I've got a 2019 Corolla ZR and love it. Would def spend 60 to 70K for the GR? Wow. And Dirk Visser wow. in similar vein says, Toyota is quality. I would defo get it if I had the money. Wow. Um, and Millie Vanilli says, well, it won't break down. Wow. Well, that's true. <laughs> Which is pretty well, true. theoretically. Blame it on the rain. I don't know whether it was both it of does. the guys who had that feedback or one just speaking on behalf of yeah. the pair of them. You missed my hilarious Millie Vanilli. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, we got it. On the rain. We, we got just ignored it. Just I was laugh. just trying to move past it, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, who said James is cranky? Wax triple three. Toyota should use the GR engine in the 86. The vehicle was made a performance car, and people have been screaming for more power. Uh, that opens up that old chestnut about more power in the 86, because yeah. part of the premise with that car was it was A, built to a price, mm-hmm. and B, built to a weight. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you put a more powerful engine in, you have a domino effect, which means you've got to beef up the clutch, you've got yeah. to beef up the diff, you've got to beef up the brakes, you've got to you know, have everything else ready to deal with the extra performance. And you can, it's very easy to, to upset the balance of the purity. Right. Yes, um, it becomes impure. We do know that there's a, a, a second generation 86 coming, 
we're not sure how much Subaru will be in it. Well, the report I read yesterday suggested that it's going to get that new WRX engine, the 2.4 litre Boxer Turbo on that. with 400 newton metres. Wow. Yeah, right. Which wow. would be amazing. But they've got to be very careful of doing a Datsun Z and getting more powerful, heavier, but bloated, less special. Yeah. Well, and also, th- there's less headroom then up to the Supra. Yeah. You know, if you're starting to give it a real performance, high yeah. performance edge, yeah. uh, it puts super under pressure. Yeah. And Definitely. who knows what the model strategy will be. They might decide to keep 86 at the same sort of level that it is now for the next generation and have something in between. Like we've we've heard about this rumoured WRX slash Celica uh pair up which mm. could sit in between yeah. 86 and super pretty comfortably yeah. I would think so yeah. and looking at the scale of the two organizations involved it would, it's not hard to imagine the WRX etc being more Toyota than Subaru in yeah. the future yeah. So, yeah but who knows all I'd say is bring it all on yeah it's great it's probably all good news as long as they don't do a Datsun Z on us yeah yeah now I did mention that we had a one-off podcast during the week mm-hmm. in response to GM's announcement of the closure of Holden yep we got close to 200 comments wow. uh, on the YouTube version Thank of, you. of that podcast and I think that just shows how much emotion is out there mm-hmm. uh, in response to that announcement I'll just give you three that I think uh, kind of carry the tone uh, for what was generally said. Chris Cilia says, so sad, who's next? And I know we've had that conversation in the office. There are some outlier brands that are selling very small volumes and we've got such a diverse market with so many marks in it yep. that um, others may well be for the chop because it's, it's a diminishing market and it's even more competitive. But uh, th- there's that. I think that's uh, that's also part of a broader discussion around right-hand drive costs. Yeah. And I think there is a potential, um, you know, until we get to the point where it doesn't matter where the steering wheel sits because of autonomy and electric cars and all that sort of stuff. Mm. There is a potential for Australia to become something of a third world or yep. developing market backwater uh, yep. Because there are a lot of but markets. With, but with first world demands. Yeah. And yeah. we're seeing that with the utes. You know, we want yep. utes with all the safety, all the connectivity, et cetera. But yep. a lot of the other markets we get a utes from don't. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so that's yeah. a challenge. Yep, definitely. Uh, Kevin Haddix <clears throat> says, me and my wife cried. It's a very, very sad day. As if it wasn't sour enough with Commodore and China. Now this, the ultimate knife in the back with salt on the blade. I'm literally disgusted, furious, sad. Long live Holden, R.I.P. Not alone. Mm. No, so that, that I thought was a really nice statement. Uh, then Michael McLeaf says, Outstanding job, guys. Being in the US, I share your feelings. The demise of Pontiac, many childhood memories, and Oldsmobile, my first car was an Olds Cutlass, were equally sad. This is really the slow death of GM that started years ago. I'm ashamed that we, the US government, bailed them out. They're a dinosaur, and I wish them a quick extinction. Wow. So he's obviously pretty uh, sour about the way GM's treating the U.S. market. Seems that way. Mm. Yeah. But GM still has a big, big scale, so let's not sign the death warrant yet. And yep. China is where and they're playing a big game too, so... And they've been very proactive. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what you're saying. Yes. yes. <laughs> Close enough, but... Uh, I can just <laughs> see those cogs whirring around there now. <laughs> Some of them clicking into place. Anyway, no one wants to see GM disappear. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. hope they Except turn him. it around. That bloke. He wants, that to see him. he wants to see him. He wants to expected it. Now, uh, his okay. name, Michael McLeaf. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Michael. Um, so now we are going to talk about, we, we've run a story uh, about 
uh, specifically Colorado because Colorado was Holden's standout vehicle. Yep. Um, I think 17,000-odd sales last year. Uh, without that, the end may have come even earlier. So what happens now? Um, and we've learned that the plant that that vehicle is manufactured in, mm-hmm. GM has sold that to Great War. So Colorado is not a thing for the Australian market anymore. I think the, the vultures on the branches will be Toyota and Ford and Mitsubishi looking to carve up that mm. extra volume. Isuzu. Let's and Isuzu, absolutely. All, all the players in that very mm. hotly contested ute market. Um, so it got us thinking again about about Holden and yeah you won't be able to buy a Colorado very soon no but I think that the more importantly for the entry-level players in the market because we've seen Colorado prices have been dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping over the years um, you know you could get we the advertised price might not have been 40 grand drive away but you could get a pretty well-specced Colorado dual cab four-wheel drive for 40 grand drive away and that's where the likes of Sangyong and LDV and uh, Great Wall will be playing in when this new generation Great Wall model comes out Um, and that's an important part of the market that can't be forgotten and I guess those brands I think those brands are more likely to um, have a, a bite of that remaining sales that will be lost by Colorado so it's an it's definitely an interesting part of the market yeah also, lots of cheaper Isuzu's and Mitsubishi. Yeah, um, and God, we love them. Yeah, <laughs> we love the, the Utes. That is, but yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, and it's always subjective. I thought the Colorado was an attractive-looking Ute. It, yeah, it had some presence. Yeah, and, and it, it retained a GM corporate yeah look that sort of yeah nicely. And you know, God knows the uh, or someone knows the uh, the Australian engineering team played a big role in the final iteration they of it. Did. They improved it significantly. Mm. Um, and take and take your point in for about um, the lower part of the market probably mm. licking its lips at, at that opportunity. Yep. But some of the tougher editions of the Colorado looked particularly good. I thought yeah. they took on that tough truck stance and it, it mm. stood up to that kind of treatment really and well. As we said in that special edition podcast, the, the Colorado was never a bad truck. No, it just wasn't marketed well enough, yeah. and it didn't quite have the same level of polish as the Ford and maybe the same level of off-road ability as the Toyota, yeah. maybe not quite as good value as the Mitsubishi, and maybe not quite as reliable in people's minds as the Isuzu. So people considered it like a fifth place in their minds of yes. where the Utes ranked. So An all-rounder, but, but not shining in any exactly. area. And there's yeah. no perfect player in that segment, but there's plenty of specific strengths. Yeah. And the Colorado didn't really have any specific strengths, mm-hmm. but yeah. was pretty good overall. Sure. Um, yeah. And we knew that um, there was planned an update for that car later this year. We'd heard that there was going to be a safety upgrade for that model, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit of extra yeah. facelift stuff happening around there. Obviously, that's all gone by the wayside now. That that yep. the the good news, I guess, is if you are in the market for a uh, affordable dual cab ute you could probably get a really sharp deal on a colorado right now if you want to take that gamble mal i know you're a bit worried about what happens when the the company leaves the country yeah i would just be researching so they've committed to to uh, living up to all the warranty and servicing requirements for a decade but i would just make sure i knew where i could go to get warranty issues sorted yes uh you know so if you're in lithgow make sure you don't need to go to penrith for it for well that's right because the retail network will mm. be uh, a shimmozzle mm-hmm. a a mess for, for we'll, some time we'll be scaled right back yeah you know, 185 yeah. dealers yeah 
yeah, it's not going to be as convenient as it used to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, I mean, as it used to be, let's ponder that phrase. Mel, yeah. you've been looking through the back catalogue of Holden because we've all been thinking about, you know, experiences past with that brand. Just yep. flicking through the pages in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some of us have bought in some show and tell items. But I'm but not the only one. Yeah. Uh, so we have an, a really, really detailed Holden timeline piece written by the legendary David Morley mm. that's going up over the weekend. So please check uh, carsguide.com.au to see that. We're working on the publishing right now. But... Um, I just thought it's a good time, and also, I think a lot of us are just going to be tend to, tend to be reflecting on the likes of the six point two liter SSs and the Monaros, you know, as recent highlights for the brand. Yeah. Um, and highlight might be a bit strong a word for what I'm about to go through, but <laughs> I just wanted to take the chance to go through some of the forgotten models, yeah, like possibly forgotten great. models. Yep. So Holden's, uh, aside from the the Holden Newton one tonner, their light commercial uh, offering. You know, really that evolved into the Colorado. Really kicked off with the Isuzu Love Ute, which I I don't think actually wore Holden badges, but was sold through Holden dealers and was yeah. sold in the states. I think as, as well. a Chevrolet, yeah. definitely. Chevrolet, and yeah. also the UK is a Bedford. Was it right? Okay, but um, oh. may not have wore Holden badges, but it actually features in the football meet by kangaroos and Holden cars at. Okay, so now I thought you were going to say that the whole commercial vehicle revolution for Holden started off with the Scurry. Stand by. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Before we get to Scurry, <laughs> I need to call out the Holden Shuttle, oh, yes. which is another Isuzu product, but actually wore Holden badges. So competed with the likes of the Nissan Irvan, and well, that's an Irvan when it started, uh, and but was available in commercial and passenger guises. Uh, very rare sight on the road these yeah. days. It was the v- a decent it was, design. It yeah. was the Merc V class of its day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally yeah. the avant-garde. So, and, <laughs> but um, you know, kind of had a modern shape that. Proceeded, uh, you know, it took high ace years to catch up. Yeah, with that sort of. Now, if you're problem. watching in, on YouTube, you'll be able to see pictures of uh, some of these cars yeah. that we're talking about. But if you're listening, yes, make sure you go and have a look at the the video on YouTube because it's going to be worth your while. Yeah, put a bit of work into the images here. Yep. Uh, another Isuzu uh, Origin product, the Piazza. Oh uh, yeah, which was a, a real drive Gemini under the skin, but mm-hmm. with. Uh, Gigaro styling, and yeah. I think yes. it's a good-looking car. And it was way ahead of its time in terms of automatic lane changing. All that took was second gear and depressing <laughs> the accelerator pedal, and the torque steer would take you to that other lane yeah. rather rapidly. And autonomous, the car chose mm. chose lane. to do it. Yeah, right. it was in control. <laughs> yeah, but a very expensive car. I think, it, from memory, I think it might have been the most expensive model they offered. Uh-huh. But also, you know, early it could have been the first Holden Turbo. Uh-huh. Um, Sure, but you're right. I think it it was super pretty. I agree, it was a super good looking car, car. gorgeous, gorgeous wheels and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, let's not forget the Jackaroo, yeah, another Isuzu product. But we had it for many, many years and across at least two generations, yeah, uh, right up until beyond 2000, uh, which was a great show in the 80s. It was a great Uh show. Um, thanks, Mel. No worries, Jackaroo. <laughs> <laughs> so, and a, and a proper four-wheel drive, which yeah. has uh, a loyal uh, band of followers even today. And for people listening and watching overseas, Jackaroo is more or less an Australian cowboy. Yeah, like yeah. A, yeah. a roustabout on a on a property. On, yep. yep. Yeah. But uh, you know the same model that the US saw as the Honda Passport. Right. Yeah, and there are all sorts of other names it scored over the years. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, but um, moving on. Yeah. Uh, Let's not forget the Holden Calibra. Oh, yeah. Most aerodynamic car on the market it was. at its time. But also, again, beautiful. As, yeah. That was a Gorgeous great design. Looking car. And really, really special right now. Yeah. Not much special under the skin yeah. in that uh-huh. you know, effectively it was a 
Chimera J car platform. Yeah. But design wise, just swish. I want to say it was 0.29. That's the number that comes to mind in terms of okay. the CD. I stand to be corrected and will be, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was something very impressive at the time. I remember um, when I was looking for cars when I was a P plater, I said to dad, I found this Calibra and it was beautiful. It was great. And he goes, nah, you can't buy one of those. I said, why not? And he goes, girl's car. Oh, <laughs> said, Dad, Dad, you can like whatever car you want. And he goes, I won't be seen in it. I said, well... Would he let you buy a Celica? No. Oh, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> he's, cha- he's changed a bit over the years, but That's thankfully... Yeah, he's just become more hardline. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the Calibra, so whilst it had humble Vectra underpinnings, uh-huh. um, but it, you could also get it with a turbo, you could get it with all-wheel drive, a V6. Yep. Uh, yes, that's true. A very diverse model lineup. Yeah, and I've forgotten about the V6 nice Calibra, of course. Yeah. There mm. aren't many of those Calibras left. Like no. there's there's very few Piazzas, but also the Calibras uh, maybe didn't last quite as long. In so. the same way, you don't see many Vectras mm. anymore. Mm. Um, what else you got now? Uh, the Rodeo. Yes. Yeah. Now, I think we all know the Rodeo, but it's easy to pick. Even uh, it was superseded by the Colorado. Yeah. Many years ago now, yeah. at least a decade ago. And isn't it odd we called it Rodeo, whereas Rather if than I rodeo. Would, rodeo. You know, yeah. if you walked up to most people and said, how do you pronounce that word? Yeah. I'm sure they'd say rodeo. But if you yeah. were going to a somewhere where people ride bulls in, I don't know, some yeah, Some bar town, late at night. In Australia. Oh, right. What Actually would you be in attending? the country. Yeah. Yeah, rodeo. rodeo. Absolutely. Anyway. Uh, yes, lest we forget. <laughs> um, moving on. So, there, uh, so that's a lot of um, Opal and uh, Isuzu-based products. Yeah. But let's not forget the Suzuki-based holders oh, of the 80s. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, I owned one of them. Ah. And I have some paraphernalia from it here. Oh. The, the Holden Drover, which was a yes. Suzuki Sierra SJ. Uh, and they went to the trouble of, you know, it was so not really a Holden at all. Yeah. But Holden enough that they did a proper Holden workshop manual. Workshop and that's manual. what Mal's got in his hands right here. For yes. those listening, this is this is the original detailed. It's even got the America's Cup 1987 It's sticker. an inch thick. Yep. Uh, and I think it was only sold from 85 to 87. So that, that's a and late the, publication. And the typography on that cover is so 1987. It's, it's beautiful. Perfect. And Pritchard pointed out before that uh, the YouTube viewers may not even be able to see it because it's green. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> they're just seeing a bit of a workshop in your oh, hand. Go anyway. Turn back to the back page. Look at that logo. Holden, Australia's Driving, driving Future. Yeah. Oh. It was also on the back of VL Windows. It was. Nice. Yeah. I remember. So, sad to see this week. But uh, that's not the only drove of power friendly I've got. Pritchard, if I could, if I could just get you to pass me what else we have. Oh, hang on. Mm. Hold tight, listeners and viewers. We've got something coming from the back of the shed. We have the key distinguishing feature oh. of the drover. Holy. Of my drover. What the hell? The front grille, which this is what made a drover a drover. Can you guys see it? You want to hold it up? Hold yep. Up. So the drover had square headlights and a Holden grille insert. Yes. And it was four screws. And square headlights, and that's pretty so much this, it. So this obviously flew off when you had that monster crash. Someone, <laughs> as you were coming over, the, the grill flew off, because it's in very good uh, very good nick. No, I, I put my drover through its paces well and truly, and we're probably going to show you a photo of that in the background, but I'll the grill never so fell out. So how is it that you've kept the grill and not the rest of the car? Well, I... Uh, Let's say the car went to a better place. Okay. But uh, I kept the grill just in case I wanted to make another driver <laughs> one day. Okay, good. Which may well happen. It may. Uh, That's so, good show and tell, Mal. Thank you. Um, 
carrying on with the Suzuki-based Holdens. Yes. Let's not forget the Scurry. Of course, we can't forget the, the Scurry. Scurry. With one of the best names of Scurry. any car on the planet ever. Do you ever. think your dad would be a fan of that name? He would. He would. I don't know. I think he'd say it'd say something. He'd say something like, "It makes me feel itchy." You know? oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the scurry was a Suzuki carry by another name. Yep. Once again with square headlights. Uh, there's a photo I took on uh, in Newtown a couple of years ago. Okay, I'll put the background fantastic. Here. Um, and once, like the shuttle was available in commercial and passenger variants. Imagine sitting in the back of one of those. Mm, they not had much crash protection. Thirty-three kilowatts Ooh. from their seven hundred odd cc engine. Uh, but it was sold here for two years between 85 and 87. Um, Big block. 33 kilowatts. Yeah. Just imagine. It makes me shake just at the thought of unleashing that kind of power. <laughs> the fury. And, you know, Holden's K car. Yes. Yeah. Holden sold a K car. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Was it 660 then? I think K. Yeah. Jidosha means you've got to be 660 or under. Good point. Yeah. So I think the Australian one's got a bigger engine. It got but, a big block. But physically, it was no bigger than the yeah. Japanese right. K gotcha. spec. Yeah. Uh, and it Variant. was the cute one. It was cute. <laughs> it was very cute. Very cute. I'd love one. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you can I'd probably park it down the side of my house. Um, which Not is, at the front, just at the side. Just down the side. Oh, that the space is occupied. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so that's the Suzuki-based ones. Yeah. They also had to deal with Nissan in the early 80s. Yes. Uh, right through to the later 80s, yeah. where we rebadged the Pulsar yeah. uh, as the Astra. That was yeah. the first Astra, and it was yeah. available in two generations, but it had a Holden engine. Ah, okay. uh, yeah, of course it did. Camera engine. Yes. Um, and so, also very thin on the ground these days, yep. but uh, we'll show you a photo of that. Uh, then there was the Toyota-based ones yep. through the button plan. So we had the Apollo across two generations and the Nova, Nova. across and two the Lexan. generations. Lexan. But that wasn't a Holden. That was a Toyota. Well, that went the other way. Yeah. 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 So yes. what, what else went the other way? Uh, nothing. Did any of... other Holden product go to Toyota? No. 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 Okay. Not that I think of. Yeah. So one Lexan was worth... Other ones, one Commodore was worth a Corolla and a Camry. Mm. Yeah. What about that ute, Mal? The Lexan ute. <laughs> well, what was Lexan, it called? Uh, I believe there was only one of those. The Bertrand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bertrand. Bertrand. Yeah. Look it up. It yeah. does. It exists. We How might good. show you a photo of that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, notably the Apollo and Nova were mm-hmm. completely Australian built yep. by Toyota in, uh, I believe, Altona at that yep. point. Yeah. Um, and then I want to call out the first of the American, well, not really the first American, anyway, Holden Suburban. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah. of course. So Holden's, uh, you know, much bigger than a Jackaroo and really taking on the Land Cruiser. Yep. Was sold here between 97 and 01. Mm-hmm. Three yeah, trim that's levels. That's longer than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, three trim levels, uh, two engines, and I have some Suburban paraphernalia for you. Oh, gosh. I okay. have the VHS that Holden sent me uh, on oh. the release of the Suburban. Big difference. Which, big difference, which I have a gander at that. Now, like the Drover, uh, similarly... Uh, Minor differentiation from the Chevrolet Suburban. It had a big Holden badge sh- covering the Chev bow tie on the front. Sure. And the taillights had amber inserts for the indicators. For this market. And that's pretty much it. Oh, big difference. Big, big difference. difference. And on the back, it's the, the slogan at this time was, there's nothing quite like a Holden, except that it's so tempted to sing that. But um, <laughs> that, that was a mad car. That was one that my dad approved of. Uh, right. He was keen to get one, but was scared off surprise. by how much fuel yeah. it would use. Uh, oh, even so, the diesel. Yeah. But the, I think they're beautiful. 
mm. can I just go on the record? Saying, I don't know whether beautiful is the right word. But then I again, now that, that just oh. conforms to the theory that says you've never met a car that you don't like. So everything's beautiful. Maybe that's a podcast. I can Maybe. Go cars I don't like. <laughs> don't like. It'd be a very like. short podcast. But uh, according to our friends at Wikipedia, which... Faceless friends at Wikipedia. Uh, Holden made, oh, Holden, sorry, sold 746 of 746 over period. about three, three or half years. Mm. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, also worth calling out the first generation Holden Cruise, which was another Suzuki based product, yeah. was the Ignis. It was an Ignis. Little one, yeah. But with a big dose of Mike Simcoe design. Fantastic mm-hmm. Batuta Advocate article on yeah. that. Uh, that generation cruise this week. We'll put a picture of that up as well. Cool. Um, very good. Very good. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Great looking car. Very thin on the ground. All wheel drive. Yeah. Uh, I drove one down Stockton Beach one day. You've fun. got a history with Stockton Beach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, in the drive. We won't go there. Like, Beach. is that a secret? No. No, 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 no we should no. go there. It's a great place to go. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, we won't go into the story. Oh, okay. The details, no, the depths of no, what happened no, those no, days. No, no. Because we've got the adventurer to talk about. Adventurer. Remember yeah. the adventurer? Yes. I do. Holden's first Really homegrown, developed 100% SUV. Yeah. yeah. The the wagon-based uh, all-wheel drive Commodore, basically. Yeah. And that's that was, it's basically the what the Merc E-Class all-terrain yep. is Outback. today. Outback. Yeah. Those sorts of cars. It was ahead of its time, I think. It did trail the Outback by at least a generation. Yeah, but. <laughs> but it, we did it. Yeah. We did it. It had all-wheel drive. And, and I understand it was courtesy of the transfer case in the Hummer H3. Yeah. Wow. Uh, never bolting onto that four speed. Never been a never been a V eight outback though, has there? No, there or go. a V six. And yeah. it was similar to an H six. Yeah, similar timing to the Crewman. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Crewman, the dual cab, same series. Commodore Ute, the yeah. cross, and the one tonner, cross eight, and the cross six, eight. cross six, six. and I the Avalanche HSV that Avalanche. HSV. That's oh. another podcast. The uh. the cross six, I believe, is extremely rare. I think. Something like 130 they yeah. sold. Uh-huh. Extremely rare. Uh-huh. Yep. But possibly not as rare as the VY Series 1 one tonner, which uh, yeah. the one tonner got launched, I think it was about six weeks before the VY2 update that yep. went across the range. Uh-huh. So if you can find a VY Series 1 one tonner, and it'll be a one tonner without the ember inserts in the headlights, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> bound to be pretty rare. Uh-huh. <laughs> pretty rare, but maybe not sought after. Yeah. So <laughs> Anyway, that's enough of the forgotten models. I've got yeah. a couple of brands that we should acknowledge as well that Holden uh, effectively controlled and distributed in Australia. Yeah. Yep. Um, Hummer, of course. Mm-hmm. Hummer uh-huh. and eventually Saab. Um, and Opal. We've seen yep. Opal come and go, and I think it was only here for about 12 months. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then the products lived on with Holden badges. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but let's not forget Daewoo. They were yes. sold through Holden dealerships yep. uh, eventually before, once again, wearing Holden badges. Um, and then before World War Two, there was a whole bunch of brands uh, that Holden built bodies for locally. Yes. Austin, Buick, Chevrolet, Cleveland, Dodge, Essex, Fiat. Really? Fiat. Mm. Did not know that. Hudson, wow. Oakland, Oldsmobile, Overland, Rio. Yeah. EO. Yeah. EO. Yeah. Uh, Studebaker and Willie's Knight. Wow. And then after World War Two, uh, <laughs> we built right up until, basically we, we brought in big American cars before the Statesman and Brougham. Uh, so models by Buick, Chevrolet, Pontiac, and we also did Vauxhall. I think that was the, the to bring in cheaper cars, uh-huh. so the Vauxhall Viva and Cresta and right. uh, is it Velox. Is that how you pronounce Velox. it? Velox. Velox. Velox, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah anyway. Wow. Well, 
you know, in the warm-up for this, Mel, you said, I am going to go full Mel, and I think we have just experienced yeah. full Mel. That's not even a... Can I put some You're not finished on the yet, cake? are you? Can I put some icing on the cake? Yeah. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Right. Can I just <laughs> call out some key Holden concepts? All right. And we're still waiting to see what is going to happen to these cars. We've got a few ideas of what we'd like to happen. I'd yep. like to see them uh, donated to maybe the, uh, the Museum of Australia or even the Birdwood Museum so yep. that we can still access them. Yeah. Or... Um, or... In the shed, out the back. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Just put them over here. We'll take I'll good care of I'll happily take very good take care good of them. Care but I, I think worry I know which ones you're going to be mentioning. So. I worry about them mm-hmm. falling into private hands. Correct. Um, so, Hurricane. I believe it was the first Holden concept. You know, it, yep. it introduced the Holden V8. 253 And V8. lots of innovative features. And it's yep. been it's in excellent condition right now. GTRX, uh-huh. which uh, nearly happened. Mm-hmm. Um, of which there's only one remaining. Uh, the coupe concept that brought us yep. the Monaro, the 1998 yep. City Motor Show special. Yeah, yep. beautiful. Um, probably forgotten this one, but the Holden E Commodore, the hybrid yes. Commodore. I remember right. that one. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. is, last time I saw it, it was in the Birdwood Museum, yep. but the first front-wheel drive Commodore as well, because okay. it had a Vectra front end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also had a Statesman roof and a Monaro <laughs> rear section yeah. before there was a production Monaro. All right. Anyway. Full Mel. Yeah. Full <laughs> Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's worth mentioning them. Yeah. Uh, the Sandman concept, uh-huh. yeah. the, based on the VU uh, ute with the, the panel van section with the, the uh, was it Reg Mombasa uh, graphics Mambo style that yeah. had to be edited before it went to oh. the American okay. uh, motor shows. Uh-huh. Uh, they didn't like the nipples, apparently. I see. <laughs> um, <laughs> they didn't like the nipples, apparently. Yeah. They should well, have had some bearings, ones that didn't I'm need not to be sure greased. if they removed the uh, censorship, censoring when it came back to Australia. But okay. anyway. Very yep. good. Uh, the SSX, which I think pres- it coincided with the VY, uh-huh. but it was a concept five-door liftback version of the Commodore. Wow. Which Don't remember that one. I want that. Uh-huh. So Holden was thinking about making a Stinger. Uh-huh. Think of it that way. Yeah. Long before the actual Stinger. Yep. Um, effigy. Uh-huh. Yep. We all know Effigy. Yeah. Uh, I be very surprised if Effigy wound up in private hands. Mm-hmm. That would be a big dollar vehicle. Correct. Um, and the TT36. Yeah, Tirana. Tirana. Yeah. Tirana, which had that a twin-turbo version of the high-feature Which actually V6. previewed so much of the Commodore. Yeah, yeah. a lot of the yeah. interior. Yeah. And it was surfacing. a liftback as well. Like yep. that, Short you know. rear overhang. It's a great-looking car. Yep. Can you imagine if they'd managed to make that? Mm. And I, I remember uh, Peter Hannenberger at the time suggesting that it was kind of along the way to reality. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it might have been a key part of the, the Zeta uh, plans that never eventuated. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, AKA Peter Handlingberger. Handlingberger, <laughs> yes. right. Okay. That he was handled, his forte. burgers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, that's, that's, that's amazing, my retrospective. Mel. That is amazing. Quite a retrospective. It's and not for people on YouTube, they will have seen that as a passing parade. That wasn't full mail. I've seen full mail. That oh, was maybe gosh. a tenth full mail. Thank you. I was trying to exercise restraint. Good on you. <laughs> now, what, what we will do is rattle through the cars that we have been driving this week. M4, I'm going to start with you. Sure. You've actually been looking at several, but fill us in on that. Yeah, so this week we uh, conducted a comparison test with a difference. It was a, a bit of an unexpected one for us, uh, but we wanted to see whether the all-new Mazda CX-30, which we had in top-spec guys, the Astina, but front-wheel drive, um, matches up to some of its uh, potential luxury competitors. So the idea is that maybe you're thinking, well, I'm spending 42 grand on a Mazda. What 
should I be also considering in this market segment in, in the small SUV world? And we decided to put it against two cars which um, are about 10% more expensive on list prices, and they are the Audi Q3 35 TFSI and the Volvo XC40 uh, T4 Momentum. So they're both petrol-powered. So all three, petrol-powered, front-wheel drive or two-wheel drive, automatic, and... There's some big differences when it comes to engines. The CX-30 has a 2.5-litre non-turbo. The Volvo's got a 2-litre turbo, and the Audi's got a 1.4-litre turbo. So some really different, uh, sorry, some really big differences in the way they drive and the way they behave. Um, the whole premise of the test was to see whether the Mazda can live up to the luxury sort of experience. And that's the interesting story I want to tell. Because yeah. Australians love premium brands. As soon as you can reach a premium brand, you want to we want to grab it typically, yep. uh, but Australia also loves Mazdas yeah. more than pretty much any other planet and you, car on the planet. You know, country, there country you go. on the planet, and Mazda is pushing up market. Yeah, they are, and you know what else Australians love is sporty driving dynamics. Apparently, so um, this was a, a really interesting uh, one for us to go through and judge. Um, JC, you were there for some of it, and um, it sort of really goes to tell you whether you are. It's going to say, like, you're either going to fall in love with the look of the Mazda and it won't matter. You might fall in love with the practicality that you get with an XC40 or maybe the the right size-ishness of the Q3. You know, there's so many different reasons to buy any of these particular cars. Mm. The Mazda was definitely the one uh, that stood out in terms of feeling the firmest and the most... Um, You're going to tell us the whole story. Yeah, no, not everything. But we're in spoiler <laughs> territory here. No, that's all right. People, you know, you're getting a bit of secret intel here. Oh, um, taste. Yeah. So, but we'll we'll publish everything later. But the yeah, the Mazda. I, I won't say too much, but it's felt uh, more sporty um, and more focused on uh, maybe pleasing the driver than anyone else. Uh, and the Volvo was much more about. Just being comfortable and soft, and the Audi was probably the compromise. And Volvos um, aren't always comfortable and soft. No, no. Yeah, this XC40, I mean, we've said it before. It's a very impressive yeah. small SUV, yeah. uh, really well packaged, a yeah. smart little thing. The Audi's the same. Um, the Mazda got some question marks over its practicality levels, but um, you'll have to wait and see what yeah. we find in the full written review and video. And from my perspective, as you realised at the local launch for the CX-30, there's some significant differences between the European spec that I drove at the international launch and what we've uh, received in Australia. So yeah, yeah. So we've got a much smaller boot. Um, mm. But still, we managed to fit all the luggage that we uh, tested in each of the SUVs. So you'll have to watch the video. It's coming soon. So And read the story. And read the story. carsguide.com.au. That one as well. Uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting one to get everyone's feedback on because um, I know I'm yeah, it was difficult for me to make up my mind about which one I would want. So very interesting story. Yeah. Right now, Mal, we will cut to you. And funnily That's enough, me. you've been driving a Holden. This is going to sound like I'm a Holden head, and I'm <laughs> anything but a Holden head. Uh, I'm yeah, I've got lots of heads. Uh-huh. There you go. Uh, what? <laughs> onto the car in my garage. I've got a Acadia, Holden Acadia, so the large seven-seat SUV, yep. as a long-termer. How long that term is going to be is up for um, yeah. a bit of a question mark yeah, on what time it is this it? week. Yeah. Yeah. But so far, the Acadia long-termer, I've had it for about a month now, and I've racked up nearly 4,000 kilometres in that month, so it's been a busy month for that car. Um, it's, a very, it's playing in a very competitive segment, mm-hmm. and it's arrived 
later than a lot of its rivals with a product that was already 12 months old when it arrived in Australia. At least 12 months old, I think. It might have been two years, actually. Yeah. So it's a, it's a GMC wearing Holden badges. Uh, and I've got the LTZ spec, which I understand Holden's local development team didn't have much to do with. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I understand that it was the LTZ V that they recalibrated the active suspension in. Um, so we are the only right-hand drive market to get this car in the world, so it's going to mean it's a pretty rare product as far yeah. as SUVs go at the end of the day, which is approaching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and look, it, it doesn't do anything wrong as such. The interior plastics and fit is well behind the Koreans and Japanese brands. Um, I also think the calibration of the all-wheel drive system, if you leave it in two-wheel drive, it's very prone to spitting the wheels in the dry and the wet. Scrabbly. Scrabbly. Mm-hmm. But if you put it into all-wheel drive, it fixes it. Uh, I'm yet to really analyse what difference that makes to the fuel consumption. But in two-wheel drive, uh, over the first 1,000-odd kilometres I did in the first month, uh, sorry, I've had it two months. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the first 1,000 kilometres, we did 11.3 litres per 100 kilometres mm. uh, average, tested at the pump as scientific as we can. 3.6 litre V6. Yeah. So, Petrol yeah. V6. You yeah. would expect it to drink it. Heavy vehicle too. So. And the official combined figure is 12.9, and we've managed to beat it by 1.6 litres. Lots of highway cases. Unheard though? of. No, no, no. Oh. Some, but a good mix of urban right. and highway, heavily laden. It's we've nice. really worked it. It's nice to be pleasantly surprised, oh, isn't it? Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's my car in the garage. Very so. good. All right. I will chip in very briefly with the Sanyong Corando ELX. So a Korean player, 1.6 litre turbo diesel. It's about $34,000 before you pay on-road costs. And 100 kilowatts, a whole 100 kilowatts, 324 newton metres. Mm-hmm. It's a reasonably small-ish car. It's like small to medium, like large, small, small, medium. Um, and six-speed auto. Seven-year warranty, which you can't forget about. I mean, that's yep. uh, matching Kia now uh, and has done for some time, so that's pretty special. MMG. I thought it was pretty nicely uh, finished. Aside from the materials used, I thought it was nicely put together. Um, the powertrain felt a little unrefined to me, that, that there was some shunting and movement and, and hesitation from time mm-hmm. to time that I found uh, a little frustrating. Is it a torque converter order? Yeah, as far as yeah. I know, yes. Yeah. And the other thing was the indicator relay box is super loud and makes a noise that I can't stand. I think it's so a, it was almost <laughs> like I didn't want to put the indicator on because the noise is so annoying. It's an we artificial tried to f- adjust the volume, didn't we? Yes, we, we did. It it's an artificial noise and it is too loud. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. But you'll hear it over maybe a passing ambulance. Yeah. Uh, yeah which that's right. It could be a great safety advantage. Yeah. yeah. But uh, um, could it? <laughs> speaking of annoying noises, it's time for Mask Watch. Okay, so let's move on to the dear leader. And we can say the solar, the solar part of Tesla's business is something that's been sort of under the radar for some time. But Elon went to the Twitters and said uh, during the week, Tesla is ramping up solar roof installation across the USA. Training will be provided, so no prior experience needed. Apply at. So it was just asking people all over the place to apply. To which Douglas Barros came back and said, hello, how are you? It's my (laughs) wife's birthday. Now on the 17th, and she dreams of Tesla Model X. Can you donate me one to give as a gift to my wife? I can't afford to buy it, but I would love to make her happy. (laughs) And also for 10 years of marriage. Thank you very much. Now, Elon did not come back on that at all. 
There was no response to that. Good. King of the Losers said, I can't wait for your zero experience roofers to come work on my house. Yeah. And then Scott Siegel, 18, said, now he, he is a regular troller of Mr. My, uh, Mr. Musk, yep. said, Mr. Musk, if an applicant has a court protective order in place, barring him, her, from being within 150 yards of a female companion, animal or livestock, would they be eligible, eligible for the position? Do your clients ever have dogs, cats, or goats on their roof asking for a friend? Oh. And then he also said, Mr. Musk, if one applies for this job, is there a urine drug screen? And if so, does it include testing for PCP, <laughs> angel dust, asking for a friend? <laughs> so in, in amongst all this really positive, interesting kind of feedback about, oh, solar, I'm really interested and I want to get it, he was in there. People don't They keep like him on his toes, don't they? They do. On Valentine's Day... Elon uh, said on Twitter, only the heart senses beauty. Oh. Only the heart senses beauty. To which Ramlover69, who <laughs> also trolls Elon pretty impressively, said... We've heard from him before. My heart senses 12,000 pounds of steel beams to be hauled in my 2020 Dodge Ram. <laughs> <laughs> to which Sam Good came back and said, there's no steel to haul. All you need is some Viagra. It's okay, man. It happens to all of us. <laughs> to which Ramlover69 said... Yeah, your mum still gets me going without any pills, but I take them anyway because I'm a gentleman and her pleasure comes first. <laughs> oh, wow. So Taking things I thought, in a new direction the, here. I thought that was funny. I thought we might, anyway, need, a, well, we might need an R rating the for other this thing part was, of Musk Watch. Now, it transpires that Bill Gates BG. has bought hmm. a Taycan, right? So Bill Gates has bought a Taycan and uh, Elon's not happy. So he's bought a Porsche and then Elon Musk talked trash about him according to The Verge. Yeah. Bill Gates has given Tesla credit for pushing other car makers to go electric, but he bought a Porsche Taycan. Spoke with Marquez Brownlee on his uh, channel, which is MKBHD. Yep. And Tesletta, in response, said, I'm disappointed because a lot of people are going to watch the interview and they're going to trust Bill's word and, uh, and not even consider EVs. Why? Because Bill Gates is a really smart guy. And Elon responded to that by saying, my conversations with Gates have been underwhelming, to be honest. Right. So he just can't, he can't let it go. It's can like, I, you bought a Taycan, you didn't buy a Tesla, I'm going to have a go at you. Can I put another feather in Bill's cap? Oh, yeah. Do you know about the famous 959 he bought? Uh, no. Yeah, he bought a 959 when they were new, and apparently he couldn't get it registered. He, he, you know, By the time it arrived, it had been outlawed in the US, oh. and then spent you know, a lot of money. Uh, getting it federalised. Oh, just for that one-off registration. Yeah. Wow. So he's got a bit of a history with Porsche. All right. Yeah, we'll, right. We'll, um, we'll check also the share price. So it is now just a whisker under $900, $899.41. It was $767 last time we sat down. So it has gone further up. Um, and Elon Musk has bought $10 million worth of shares during the week. He's bought another $10 million worth. Mm. Um, so... NASDAQ uh, revealed in an SEC filing yesterday that the automaker closed its recently announced stock offering. So they've raised $2.31 billion to strengthen its balance sheet. So there's been more mo uh, money coming in, uh, you know, and the, and the company is gradually becoming profitable. Wow. Investors and underwriters eagerly bought up shares. Among those buying shares in the stock offering was none other than CEO Elon Musk. Musk now owns a total of about 34.01 million shares giving the CEO an 18.5% stake in the company. Right. So he owns close to 20% of the company. With Tesla shares trading at $891 per share at the time of this writing, about $30.3 billion worth of Musk's $43 billion net worth is tied up in Tesla. 
So that actually puts numbers in terms of what his commitment to that it's business is. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, with that, we have reached the finish line. But Mel, I'm sensing you're fluttering here in the wings. What is it you're wanting to say? Oh, I just know we've got a couple of things we've got to mention about Holden. And I know right. you've got something you'd want to raise, don't you? No. No, you're good? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. I'm good. You do, you what do you want to, what do you want to raise? You know what I've got. Do you want me to show you? This is like an Shelf. awkward Let's... moment that I feel like I shouldn't be a part of. It's... What's going now? on? Okay, Mel, so speed is of the essence. James has done a couple of laps of the block, as we know, and uh, we were discussing yesterday, and James was uh, lucky to be involved in the long lead launch of the VN Commodore, which yep. resulted in this book. Yep. Uh, James has a hard, hard copy version of this book. There's a photo of James on page 135. Yep. Um, Some of my best work, just standing there being photographed. There's James there. Yeah. Uh, this is long before Cars Guide, might I add. <laughs> uh and so James was there, and the, that visit resulted in two big Comparos, I believe. Yeah, sure did. I've got both of them oh, right here. Oh, there you go. So the cover of Modern Motor, September 1988. Yep. There you go. There. James put the brand new VN Commodore against the EA Falcon. Uh, his story by James Cleary is on page 40. Uh-huh. And here's James driving a VN Bellina wagon round Lang Lang, right oh. there. Yep. Um and then the month after, James went to the lengths of comparing two different trim levels of the EA and VN against each other. I may have been directed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but two covers in two months, that's a big yep, story and sign of the times. Anyway, there you go. we're proud to have you, James. So thank you, Mel. Um, and look, thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thanks to our concept artist and lead animal wrangler, Mr. Pritchard, for helping us reach your ears and eyes. Yeah, thank you. He's in the Space Family Robinson astronaut suit and octopus beanie, which is an arresting oh, look. That it's is a, really it, It's a something. live octopus, which is really Please pass on the word about the podcast and let us know your thoughts by searching for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au as several of you did. So thank you for that. Yep. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us. And remember, you can watch us on YouTube. But before we go... Lawyer mate of mine was driving over 140 kilometres an hour on the freeway recently when, mm. sure enough, he was pinged by police radar and pulled over. Cop says, licence please. My mate says, it's expired. Cop says, is this your car? My mate says, no. Cop says, whose is it then? And my mate comes back, cool as a cucumber, and says, it's stolen. The owner's in the boot and the gun I used to kill him is in the glove box. Terrified, the officer draws his weapon and tells my mate to get out of the car put his hands behind his head and lay face down on the ground. He cuffs him, then calls frantically for his sergeant to come over and lets him know what's happening. Sergeant rips open the glove box. It's empty, clean as a whistle. Opens the boot, again, empty. Looking sideways at the first officer, he grabs the key, removes the cuffs and helps my mate to his feet and sheepishly asks to see his licence. My mate hands over a current unblemished example. Confused and embarrassed, the sergeant says, Sincere apologies, sir. My colleague assured me you had no licence, you didn't own this car because you had stolen it, killing the owner with a gun that was in the glove box. My mate says, yeah, right, now I bet I'll try telling you I was speeding. (laughs) (laughs) You laughed now, you did laugh. I'm thinking I'll give it a go. That was a genuine laugh. (laughs) I'll have to remember that very lengthy joke though. (laughs) 